Whenever you're ready. And should I look there or anywhere? In situ. In situ. Yeah, it's uh, in situ, in situ, in situ, in situ. That is so good. In situ, in situ, in situ, in situ. Okay, so in situ. In situ is the name of the European platform for artistic creation in public space. Led by Lieu Public, we are based in Marseille, France. And in this podcast, you will hear the voices of our members who live and work all across Europe. Nature, social justice, cultural identity, digital spaces, communities, regeneration of places. Each episode will bring a specific topic of conversation between three of our members. A partner, an associate artist and an associate citizen. Uncommon Spaces is the name of our current project and we welcome you to the Institute podcast. In this fifth episode, we will discuss around the topic of cultural identity. Dominica Gidey is our associate citizen from Ustfold International Theater in Norway. Louise Kara Jacobsen is our partner in this episode. She leads the communication at Metropolis in Copenhagen a meeting place for performative arts in the city. And Leonardo De Lugu from Italy is our associate artist. This conversation was recorded remotely from behind our computers, so we asked our participants to start with a presentation of themselves. My name is Leonardo De Logu. I'm coming from uh, Italy. I'm based in Rome. I try to make art. Uh, and my background is from uh, dance and theater in the beginning, but then in the last 10 years I started to work uh, in the landscape and with, with the landscapes and, uh, and with the communities. And uh, let's say that my work is mainly about how to get voice to who doesn't have, and is also about Non-human is about conflicts, is about uh, community fighting for rights. One of the main practices that I use is uh, the act of walking, gather people in the public space and pass by many spots that can tell a, a story. I'm Louise Koe Jakobsen and I'm uh, sitting in Copenhagen right now. I'm representing the organization Metropolis, and behind Metropolis is the organization Copenhagen International Theatre. And we are working with art and performance in public space. So we have a summer season presenting primarily international artists working here. We also have residencies, so we have um, long periods um, of working with artists getting to know the city, getting to know the place and eventually presenting their work here for, uh, for an audience. It has always been part of our mission to work internationally and also interculturally to both broaden the notion of the performing arts for the, for the public and the professionals here, but also in a way just to make our world bigger. And 
Leonardo was talking about walking as an art form. We have also been working a lot with with walking artists for the past years. We started during the COVID lockdown, um, where we could not bring international artists here, where we could not have an audience. And instead, we, uh, we made a digital walking project with 100 artists, a new artist each day. And they were walking for 12 hours and live streaming along the way, presenting their artistic actions in a city and a landscape that was in an urgent situation that was locked down. So in that way, we created a performative archive of this time, this place in, uh, in, in history. Uh, my name is Domenica Gide. I'm a human rights lawyer. I have been a commissioner for 12 years, meaning giving opinion on actions of um, institutions or providers of goods and services if they have discriminated. So uh, th that was my focus. But at the same time, I have always been a consumer of art, not really participating and uh, being a mother of artists. My two children are artists. And... Um, and um, so by coincidence, I started uh, doing work with art institutions and with artists uh, for the past um, five or six years. And the focus is about um, how do you translate the idea of non-discrimination, diversity and inclusion in the art world? So uh, because uh, we, we, we are not living in a so-called neutral space, all space has history, as Leonardo and Luis has been telling as well. So um, how is this history uh, making itself visible and uh, tangible through arts? So that's one, uh, one of the questions. The other question is also on whose voices are we um, using and listening, and whose voices are not heard, as Leonardo says, giving voice to the, un, uh, to the, to, to the people whose voice is not unheard. They are not voiceless, they have voices, but we are not able to hear their voices. And of course, you can then um, look at the human, but you can also look at all the different voices that come through us, or near us, or within us. So, so that's a uh, uh, important and also the, the whole structure of the institution themselves because in order to have ideas of non-discrimination and inclusion it means that how are the institutions being uh, inclusive, non-discriminatory and how living in this um, for many country relevant uh, thing like for Italy and Denmark and others this post-colonial uh, era but we still are colonizing here and there and everywhere. And um, how is the past uh, present in our everyday life? And how do we create space for it and acknowledge it and take our responsibilities? Because uh, all humans have the capacity to, to be responsible. And of course, we can say now it's not the time. But I think for me, the urgency is there. And the responsibility starts each and every time for every one of us, uh, every time. So it's a matter of, am I able to respond? That's the what's responsibility. And am I willing? And do I feel the urge and necessity to do it? And 
can I afford to say not today? And uh, well, maybe you can afford, but other people's maybe they can. So how do you get in a conversation in this issue? So this and others are my interest spaces in which I, I at least I work with uh, art institutions about uh, consolation, beauty and hope. About inclusivity and about responsibility, I think we have to train. I'm a part of collective. The name is DOM. And for me to work in a collective is always a training to work with the others. I cannot imagine differently my work. And to be in a collective, it means thinking together and imagine your work together with others. We are many things, and there are a lot of things that build our cultural identity. I think it's a movement. Oh, it should be a movement. <laughs> and sometimes it's something that scares me a lot, because, uh, uh, for example, in Italy in this moment, uh, that's uh, through cultural identity, you can build a regime and uh, you can build uh, uh, a state that, that are very proud of his, uh, his, uh, his cultural identity and use cultural identity as, uh, as an instrument to create power. And for example, the nationalism that we are facing in Italy in this moment is all about stress the question that we are Italian, that we are part of this Italian culture and that we to be proud and to defend our cultural identity. But indeed, this is the cultural identity of the majority. Uh, but on the other hand, if you think of a cultural identity as a movement and uh, the possibility to shift from an identity to another and to have the possibility to step in the foot of someone else, I think this is the train that we have to do and that is also to uh, make tiny the boundaries between me and the other and to really trust on the porosity of our cultural identity and the possibility to, uh, to be affected, to be moved from the other. So for me, something that to not to be scared and to not be dangerous, the cultural identity has to be uh, mobile but rooted. Cultural identity for me is, you know, it's everything that we are, it's everything we have, it's everything we do, it's what, it's what connects us to, to communities, smaller or bigger, what creates communities, like Leonardo said, but it's also what divides us from other communities, from other groups. It's being used at the moment a lot to create an us versus them world. Um, and unfortunately, we created a world where some of us are on top of the hierarchy and some are not. Some are given a voice and some are not. Some are given a body, some are not. And we as an, as an arts organization who has the power who is on top of the hierarchy who we have a responsibility to to create an awareness of these different cultural identities um, i'm based in a danish context and if we talk about the the cultural politics of denmark they are very 
they are very based on a social democratic view of the arts. So it's a view of the arts where art is something that can transcend, transcend these cultural identities, diversity, social barriers. It's something that can bring people together if only we make sure that it's accessible to everybody. So the Danish way of dealing with this has been to make sure that the art is accessible geographically, so spread out all over the country. It's accessible economically, so everybody should be able to afford it. And it's by supporting a variety of different kinds of arts so that, you know, there should be something for everybody. And this should mean that when we look at the audience, they should, you know, they should correspond to the demographics of Denmark. And do they do that? No, of course they don't do that. That's not a big surprise. Um, but it's a big surprise that it's new here to be focusing on the fact that maybe art does not transcend all these barriers that we have created. In fact, they reproduce them. And it's our challenge as an arts organization institution to, to challenge them, to expand them and to be very aware of what we are doing because with everything we do, even if we try to include, we will always be excluding someone, something. I think uh, we all have a, a lot of identities, be it our um, gender, uh, our gender expression, our skin color, um, our sexes, um, it's about our ability, uh, physical, mental, and otherwise. It's uh, it's it's uh, the set of all these things is what makes a cultural identity of a person, and we are not living in a vacuum. And I think that's very important that we live in a place with history, and if we look at the boundaries of what, for example, is the Netherlands, what's Denmark, what's Italy and what every other European country is, the boundaries have been changing the whole time. So it is a construct. And the construct is, I was uh, a couple of months ago in uh, Malmo, and uh, Malmo was once Danish, and then it was Swedish, and then things like that. So you have this identity. The same thing with Italy. Italy is a construct of the, uh, at the end of 1800. And still you can feel the, the, the difference between north, south and all the other spaces. And also Italy with its colonies or Denmark or the Netherlands. So the, the space of a country of identity, it's very fluid. As uh, Leonardo was saying, there is always movement. But at the same time, uh, the, the myths and the stories we tell are the constructs which we neglect certain histories of ourselves. We do as if they were not there, they, they don't exist, and we tell these new stories by uh, hiding others. So that's the challenging part of, uh, uh, of identity. And power is a very important thing, the power of whom? Sometimes the powerless have also power, but it's not recognized as, as, as power in itself. So, and, um, and, and, so really understanding your history, understanding the, the, the space in which you move and understanding what the space is telling you and, and, and also the construction of um, uh, ownership in itself. For example, some people come 
and say, this is my property, well, it's a construct. So that will also create your identity. And, um, and, and that's what we are dealing now. Certain identities are so powerful that you don't even mention them because that's the norm. And everything is related to that kind of norm. And uh, while we don't question, for example, masculinity, in, in most of the times maybe, we don't question whiteness. Uh, we, we have we have gender studies, which most of the times it's uh, women's studies. And the thing is, as both Luis and Leonardo are saying, it's not static, it's dynamic. And um, But the dynamism is not someone else deciding how it should be, but they have their own movement in themselves. But really the importance is to define and to look for the moment and understand the movement which is in the different identities. Inclusivity is how uh, do you create spaces in which all the differences and similarities uh, can uh, interact in a certain way. As human beings, Two of our main characteristics is that we are relational beings. It is in the relation with each other that we make ourselves visible, that we are. And the other thing is that we as human beings, we are discriminatory. We, make, we discriminate every day, not only once a day, but hundreds of times a day. So understanding how this relationality and, uh, and discriminatory aspects of our uh, being is creating spaces and it's being part of power structures and how we are responsible. It takes an effort when you recognize that without being aware, you have created barriers, you have excluded others, you have been focusing only on those who look like you. Inclusive sometimes is a problematic word in itself, meaning that it is the people who have power who include the, the, the others. I think we need to go beyond inclusivity to have this kind of holistic spaces in which uh, we are interacting in, an, in a way that, which is not who is going to include the other and which diversity is diversity. So I think this is a work in progress. And it's a buzzword at the moment, but I think in the holistic approach that we create spaces together, co-create spaces with responsibility and uh, being accountable to everything which is present. I strongly agree with Dominica about to go beyond the word inclusivity. I perceive uh, this word as a, a top-bottom uh, process where people that have power open the space to make others allowed to be part of. And this is something that I think is super capitalistic and is, is a way of appropriation that the capitalism does to indeed include in the market. It's a work in progress also the question of to, to be aware to understand your cultural identity about me, for example, personally, uh, it, it was a parkour to understand, to, to, to define myself as a queer person, for example, and not just a gay. And it took times and uh, it, it was painful of also to, to try to understand which, which is the right word to define myself 
and uh, through this definition to don't lose the potential of to be, uh, let's say, revolutionary, the revolutionarity of my body, which is a strange body, which is a not a normal body, and to practice this and to not just to say that uh, I am a gay and a gay in this moment are also a community which is completely integrated into into the our society and completely lost the possibility to to make something different. So I think it's a, it's a process of uh, consciousness that you have to uh, uh, really uh, go deeper and deeper to understand what really define you and what you are want to be defined. I'm a lot into the question of co-creation, how to build together a space, a safe space and uh, an open space. So when we work with the communities, for example, community-based project, for me, is about how to work together and what I can give back to the community that work with me. Because we cannot avoid that the, that the artistic practice and the, the artistic work is completely into the capitalism and we also make a kind of uh, extractive uh, action when we work in some fragile landscapes, some fragile communities. Uh, and, uh, and then in terms of uh, access, the, the walking practice, we are facing a lot of people that cannot walk, how they can participate. My work is to uh, lead people in spots which are, uh, for example, in a very uh, periphery where people are not too used to go. There is a kind of, an, a, a kind of uh, adventure that you can do in this kind of place. So what does it mean to bring people that cannot walk uh, in this kind of place, not simplifying the experience, but understand which kind of tools we need. How I can build with people that cannot work, for example, something that is really completely different. I think this is uh, what we try to do, and we failed a lot. Usually we work in condition where we don't have time to go deep into the relation and to make a process of co-creation. This is what we face uh, usually. And we try to resist because the market needs something new every time. Strong things, but this is uh, very far from what needs a process of uh, inclusion and, and co-creation. So we, we resist a lot to make this uh, Pret-a-Porter project where you tell that you are working with community and uh, with the others and then but then it's not true. Well, I would like to maybe take further what Leonardo is saying, because I think it's really important. It's not about us who have the power inviting people in, um, but it's also interesting seeing it from the, from the arts point of view, that when we talk about inclusivity and diversity, we often talk about it as some as a responsibility that belongs to the artists or it's something we measure from our audiences. Uh, we rarely give it the holistic view. We are not very good at looking at our own blind spots. And as me today representing an arts organization and 
Also today we are here on behalf of the in-situ network. We are invited by the and partners of the in-situ network, which is a big group of arts organizations gathering a lot of people across nations. Um, but if we look at ourselves, what are our blind spots? We are a lot of very privileged, very white people, very heterogender normative people with good educations. We all speak English. Um, we live in a very safe part of the world. Uh, we are very physically and mentally able. And the same, <laughs> the same goes for, um, for us looking at our own cultural organization here in, in Denmark. So it's really important that we start looking at who are we not and can we never represent and how will we start working with this? What are our blind spots? How can we start working with someone who can broaden our world and make sure that what we present has a value for more people. It's even part of the UN Human Rights Declaration that art should include everybody, that everybody has the right to participate in, in cultural life. We also have to look one step further back. Who is deciding who gets the money to create and to present? How, what do they look like, these people? Who are they giving a voice to, a space to, a body? To, um, so it's not audience development we need, it's organizational development and it requires really an openness which can be scary for change. Um, it's, it requires an openness for us to continue challenging ourselves and as both Dominica and Leonardo say, no, cultural identity is not a stable thing we don't belong to statistical categories it's not something where we can set an end date and say yes now as an organization we completed the mission we found the formula to work on cultural inclusion it's something that is constantly changing something that is constantly fluid and which requires from us a constant focus and and a constant change Inclusivity for us is not, yeah, it's not only in our artistic programming, it's also in the curation, it's also in how we communicate, it's in where you place the work of art, who is it for, what time, um, what time a year, what time a day, it's in which partners are you working with. Everything is all the time setting the frame for who will feel welcome and who will feel represented. I think it's very important what you are saying, Louisa. In the Netherlands, the art institutes, be it museums, be it performing arts and everyone, has um, created, uh, at least have an, an acronym uh, of the four Ps. And uh, so that's how you check uh, your diversity and inclusion policy and practice. One is you look at the program. Second is you look at your partners be it curators, be it other partners. Third is your personnel and all, uh, on, on all levels, from the executive, the board, and everyone working in the organization. And the fourth is the public. It's about how all these areas are interacting and how the sum of all these things 
can create a more inclusive uh, art. So it's, it's an ongoing process. And how do you appropriate the stories of the people you go there? What Leonardo was saying is important to be able to really co-create. It means how do you co-create in a situation in which there is different difference in power? So how do you do that? Are you um, patronizing? Are you saying, I'm going to get good care of yourself and inviting? Is it an invited space or is it a real co-created space? And how long will the relationship remain? And uh, how about the ownership? How about giving back? What's in it for everyone? So inclusion, it's, it's not something you do and it's special. Inclusion is you are repairing the, um, the inequality in the structure and really understanding that. And what Louisa said, I really agree with you. It's not only the responsibility of the artist, it's the responsibility of the institution. So really creating a space in which you create genuine relationships, not only based on, I need to have this relationship because otherwise I will not get the subsidy. So, so it's, 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 it, it has to do with integrity. It had to do with genuinity. It had to do with humbleness. It has to do with power structure um, and time, of course. All these aspects are very important that you come together and you create a definition together. The problem sometimes is we, we try to, 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 to define things and make them too solid, where it, they are, as Renata again said, porous. There is movement, there is fluidity. Every community does art, everyone, really. So it's a matter of us understanding, defining, and giving them the space to say, tell me, what is it for you? And what do you need? And how can we create this? And how do, 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 can we enhance each other? Because I need you uh, to, to be a, a community truthful to say we are together part of this living, living structure. So, so this kind of dialogue will take time. And it's not something you can tick a box. It's really transforming yourself. We can all agree that it doesn't work if we are the only ones looking at cultural diversity and working for inclusion and creating equal relations. There is a whole society, a whole world, lots of structures around us that needs to be dealt with. But the possibility that comes from the artistic world is that it's a laboratory where we can try things, test things, experiment. We can try out new visions of the world we can play around and we live in a world which is dealing with a lot of crisis on different levels from different aspects and we really need new perspectives and this is what the artistic world can give us. We need hope, we need alternatives and therefore it's important that we invite as many voices into this world as possible because this will give us maybe a way forward. Know your history and know how art has been used and sometimes misused, space given, stories told, stories hushed because they were too painful to look at and the role of art in this and, uh, and the role of spaces in this. So that, that's very important. And um, the creation of power structures, 
and how by by defining and saying this is high art and that's not really uh, art and things like that how we have excluded certain voices and appropriation is one of the biggest problems being accountable we we really take things away from others and we are not telling where the source is and so there is a lot of unfairness uh, even in the art at the moment so really understanding art is not only this very placid very nice uh, clean space it is a fierce it can be a fierce space where the power structures and power struggles are also happening each and every one of us has responsibility and we can come together and create structures which are different so in order to have to be creative you need to be present and not only with your head or with your arm but with your heart and with your belly and with with the whole being otherwise with whom am i connecting with the head only with a talking head oh please don't so we need humans to appear to be present to connect with their hearts to really come together and to sometimes you will be you have a, a constructive conflict sometimes you will you will go apart but then you have learned something and maybe you'll come back there is no such thing as clean and it's messy please let's embrace messiness yes <laughs> and we need to be brave we're living in a time of changing paradigms um and which means that some of us who have had the privilege for centuries, we need to let go of it. We need to be brave enough to let the ground below us shatter to see what comes out of this earthquake that we are living in at the moment. And not cling on to our top of the iceberg and remain in power. This episode was recorded last November. In our next episode, we'll discuss around the topic of digital spaces. Feriel Rally and Benjamin Langang have been coordinating this podcast, and Jeanne Robet has been editing it. This podcast is co-funded by the Creative Europe Programme of the European Union. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this conversation.